0: Welcome to Living the Good Life podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We're going to turn over to 2 Corinthians, in the 5th chapter, I want to read one verse, verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new." In 1899, shortly before the turn of the last century, William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, as it once was, made a prediction concerning what would happen in the 20th century. And this is the way Booth put it. The chief danger confronting the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, heaven without hell. I've often thought about those things that William Booth feared would happen. I would like to speak to you on the subject, real salvation. First of all, we'll begin with the thought, religion without the Holy Ghost. You know, I really believe if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from this world, that many churches could go on just like they're going, service after service, because it's void of the Holy Spirit. But I tell you, friend, we cannot have salvation without the Holy Spirit. Every day can be a day of victory through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes it possible For every Christian to live a fulfilled, joyful life Without the Holy Spirit, neither the church nor the Christian life is possible The Holy Spirit's what gives us power to live the Christian life The Holy Spirit gives us power to be a witness for Christ The Holy Spirit is more powerful than any other spirit The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter in the Word of God the Holy Spirit authored the Bible. The Holy Spirit holds back and limited Satan's full power. The Holy Spirit is what convicts men of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. It's the Holy Spirit that regenerates us, baptizes us, indwells dwells inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that seals us. It's the Holy Spirit that fills us. It's the Holy Spirit that guides us. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us for soul winning. It's the Holy Spirit that imparts the love of Christ to us and also through us. It's the Holy Spirit that gives liberty. It's the Holy Spirit that conforms us to the image of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that strengthens our new nature. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals truth to us It's the Holy Spirit that assures salvation to us. It's the Holy Spirit that fills our mouth with appropriate things. It's the Holy Spirit that gives gifts unto men. Yes, thank God for the Holy Spirit. We can't be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. And you know what? There's absolutely no substitutes for the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit does not continue to work with us, then Christianity and the church lose the very meaning of their existence. And something else, Christianity without Christ, without Christ, friend, we are powerless, we are defenseless, and we are helpless because he was right when he said in the book of Saint John in the 15th chapter and verse number five, without me, you can do nothing. I like the song, I can't even walk unless he's holding my hand and you can't either Uh, without the help of God. You know what, Christ is my shield today. Christ is with me, Christ is before me, Christ is behind me, Christ is in me, Christ is beneath me, Christ is above me. He's on my right hand and he's on my left hand and without him, I can do nothing. When I lie down, it's Christ that's with me. Christ is with me when I sit up. Friend, if you're sick, he's the great physician. If you're poor, he has great riches. If you're weak, he's your strength. If you're in trouble, he's your deliverer. If you're fearful, he's your peace. And without him, we're helpless, we're hopeless, and we're powerless. I believe we ought to come to the house of God and lift up Jesus Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Without Christ, there's no Christianity. And then forgiveness without repentance. Repentance is absolutely necessary to please God. So his blessings or his cursings is dependent upon that. Repentance is ignored or rejected And more and more evangelical churches. You turn on the radio and listen, you don't hear much preaching nowadays about repentance. It's something that people are getting away from. You know why? It's not popular. Repentance is increasingly denied as an essential for salvation. Repentance is a forgotten word in religion. Repentance is key to true religion of God. For it is emphasized in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the texts are far too numerous for us to mention here. Friend, there's no practical mercy, no peace or blessings from God without godly true repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Friend, there is no evidence or proof of eternal life, unless you have truly repented with godly sorrow. Repentance is to return back to where one should be by deep sorrow and regret for errors with the intention to make necessary amends to rectify the situation or the condition. Jesus told us right. When he told us in the book of Luke, the 13th chapter and verse number three, I tell you the truth, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And he went on in the book of Acts, uh, and the third chapter and verse number nineteen. And he said, "Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord." Friend, in order to get your sins blotted out, it takes more than putting your name on the church book. It takes more than being baptized in water. It takes more than turning over a leaf and trying to do better. It takes more than just accepting Jesus. It takes coming in old time repentance and turning from the way you've been living it's more than a change of mind it's more than a change of heart it's a change of action we need to get back to the old paths. where is the good way i still believe the old way is the good way once again religion today have shut up on this doctrine of repentance that's why we're in the mess today in the religious world because I believe that a shallow repentance will bring about a shallow religious experience preaching repentance still thins the crown for most people they want to be soothed and not condemned repentance condemns people Amen, and I want to say if you're not a Christian, you do not have forever to repent. Are you listening to me, sinner? Backslider, you do not have forever to repent because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 29 and verse number one, he that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy often think in the book of Revelation in the second chapter in verse number 21 where he said, I gave her a space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. This may be the end of your space that God has allotted you to get right with God. God gives every individual a space to repent and you will repent in that space that God gave you, or you'll be lost forever. Amen. How much do we hear today about salvation without regeneration? Titus talked about it in the third chapter in verse number three. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But after the kindness and the love of God, our savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life regeneration is that spiritual transformation in a person's life where it's brought about by the holy spirit brings the individual from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive amen regeneration is another way of speaking of the new birth the second birth or being born again this subjective change worked in one's soul by the grace of God is designated in the scriptures as a new birth, a resurrection, a new life, a new creature, a renewing of the mind, dying to sin and living to righteousness. Amen, I like that old song, from death to life, oh what a thought. Within my soul what change is wrought by a power divine no tongue can tell. One thing I know for me tis well from darkness unto light sublime, through my Redeemer's matchless name. For lest He left His home on high, that I should not forever die. Oh, praise the Lord for victory. From death to life He lifted me, by His great love and power divine. Eternal life is truly mine. There Jesus paid it all I see to bring this wondrous life to me. Life from above, oh joy sublime, that such a treasure should be mine. Now in God's Son, I have a part, eternal life within my heart, translated from the shades of night into the realms of glorious light. I like this verse. A resurrection, I confess, has taken place within my breast. I've been awakened from the dead, and now I live with Christ instead. And when I lay this body down, to mold and crumble in the ground. My ransomed soul shall fly away to one long bright eternal day. Their light and life without an end into eternity shall blend. Nigh the Lord of life shall greet and worship at his blessed feet. Then may I clasp them nail-starred hands which broke from me death's awful bands by his great love. How could it be from death to life? He lifted me. Thank God for real salvation. Amen. Where God makes an individual, a new creature from death to life, he lifted me. Jesus said, unless we're born again, or in other words, except you are regenerated, By the Holy Spirit, there's no possible way that you can get into the kingdom of God. Friend, the regeneration, amen, is something that changes an individual. It makes him a new creature. Those, that old life of sin passes away. You know, one may engage in religion and yet not be born again. You can come to this church. You can start paying your tithes. You might even start measuring up to the standard you might even get in the choir you might do everything outwardly and still not be born again I believe in doing the things outwardly I believe in dressing right looking right but friend you can do all of that and still be lost you must be born again you must pass from death unto life Regeneration is a real change. I say where one is made a new creature, the Lord makes the new creature as the goldsmith melts down the vessel of dishonor and turns it into a vessel of honor. Regeneration is that spiritual supernatural change. To be born again is to be born of the Spirit of God. It's a change into the very likeness of God. Religion whitewashes you, but salvation washes you white. And there's a world of difference. The last thing that William Booth said, they'd preach heaven without hell, we're there. Amen. Heaven without hell. The latest research shows that only 32% of adults see hell as an actual place of torment and suffering where souls go after death. Only 32%. Certainly, William Booth spoke prophetically when he prophesied of what was going to come. Go ask your friends that attend denominational church, how long has it been since your pastor preached A message on the subject of hell I say a man who never preaches whole sermons on hell is not preaching all the counsel of God that's part of the counsel of God such a pastor no doubt has avoided the subject that Christ spoke on more than anyone else in the Bible Time and time again, the Lord Jesus Christ preached on the subject of hell. He said, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. I wonder sometimes, is a pastor ashamed of what Christ said about hell? Is that why they never preach on the subject? Is that why he never says anything about hell? The place that the Bible calls hell. If he's ashamed to preach these words of Christ, he'll be in deep trouble when he faces Christ at the judgment. Because the Bible says, For whosoever shall be ashamed of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory. Our Lord spoke of the reality of both heaven and hell. He spoke of them in the very same verses. And William Booth said, oh, they won't quit preaching on heaven. They'll continue to preach on heaven. Got all these songs that every day are coming out, songs about heaven, and thank God for heaven. But who is singing songs about hell? Are you sure that you'd go to heaven if you died tonight? Do you have real salvation? Are you sure that all is well with your soul? Someone may say that preaching should not dwell on such morbid subjects as hell. I've heard that before. But they're wrong. They're wrong because Christ preached everlasting destruction. They're wrong because the wrath of God against sin is a major theme throughout the whole Bible from Genesis to the book of Revelation. modern man despises a message which comes to us with words of warning that threat of going to hell. they say stay away from that but God spoke that way before the flood. He spoke that way before a fire fell on Solomon and Gomorrah and he spoke that way many times the word of God. An atheist once said to a Christian, a former atheist, he said, if I believed what you believed about hell, I'd crawl on my hands and knees across beds of broken glass and hot ashes to the four corners of the earth to tell people, to warn people of hell. Do you believe in hell? Charles Finney, the great American revivalist of the 1800s, who brought many souls to Christ, was used an instrument of God for revival. He said this: that Christians, we need to do something." He said, "It's an exercise that we need to do." He said, "We need to take the New Testament. We need to take our Bibles. We need to open up our Bibles to every place. That talks about hell we ought to take a member of our family and put it there he said pretend you're looking in hell with a telescope this is what he said put your little girl's name there put your son's name there put your lost companion's name there and like this and Billy and all nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. Put your son's name there. Put your daughter's name there. And Susie lifted up her eyes in hell and being in torment, and Susie saw Father Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Susie cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame." The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness of men. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, 20th chapter, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. God's book contains a record of every detail of your life. I believe your words are recorded there. Every sinful thing you have ever done is recorded in this book. Jesus said that every idle word which men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Your works also are written down in God's book. Works cover everything that you have done in your life. The record of your life, in the books I believe would be like a video camera running keeping you on target 24 hours a day seven days a week God's got a record of your life you can't go anywhere and get away from that video camera as it were you can't shut God behind the doors where he can't see you God has a record of your life and every sin you've ever committed is recorded in the books. The sinner will be cast into the lake of fire. Closing, William Booth said, the chief dangers confronting the t- coming century would be religion without the Holy Ghost. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have that greater one on the inside? Do you have the Christ of Christianity? And have you truly repented with godly sorrow? Have you been regenerated? Have you been born again? How is it in your heart and life? Do you know that you're ready for heaven? Amen. Amen thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.